Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome to episode 46 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CONS Radio. Uh, CONS Radio is the online provider of all Boston sports. Um, I'm joined by Jason and Joe, as always. How are you guys doing today? Hi, guys. Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I went to a game last night. You know how you know how that goes. Yeah, you know, even though it's preseason, it's always still good to go get to a game. But, guys, this week, NHL is starting. Can you believe it? It's been a long, long summer, but I can't wait to have uh, puck drops and, you know, some games to actually break down this upcoming week. Sounds good. I mean, I can't wait either. It's been way, as you said, Mike, way, way, way too long. These last two seasons have been, you know, way too long between uh, between meaningful meaningful games. My DVR is ready to go for when I'm at work. I can tune into the games after work, and I'm not going to want another score. I'm just going to be watching every game. There you go. Absolutely, it's definitely going to be great to watch some games, and it's it's great that hockey's back. Like as I said to just Joe and and you just a second ago too, Jason. It's been a long, long summer, especially. When the Bruins don't make the playoffs, it makes the summers even longer because obviously the playoffs go through through April and May, and it's just when the Bruins aren't involved, it's like, oh, can we get some hockey? Can we get some hockey? And Joe, obviously before you joined the show, Jason and I would break down other Stanley Cup games, obviously because we were still tuning into the hockey season, but it's like when it's not Bruins stuff, sometimes, you know, you get a little drained. So I'm happy to have some Bruins conversation going on here, guys. Yeah, you know, and when you get my age and you have a family and all that, uh, you know, Playoff hockey is a great excuse to get out and hang out with your buddies. So I, I haven't had that the last two years. And I miss it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll get into the we'll get into some breakdowns later on about if the Bruins make the playoffs or not in our Eastern Conference predictions. You know the, the Atlantic Division preview also. But uh, let's touch on some preseason stuff. Obviously, as you guys know, Frank Vitrano is out for at least until Christmas it seems. But um, it also seems through Frank Vitrano's injury, it seems like some young guys are getting some opportunities to shine here. Uh, Austin Zarnick has been playing really, really well. Uh, Jason, you said you read last night's game, so um, obviously. Yes, I know. I know um, Austin Zarnick's been playing well. I haven't heard an update on Zarnick. I don't know. Did you, did you see that hit that you took? Yes, I did see it by Rocco Gudas, that absolute goon. Who's... I saw. I saw it live, but I didn't actually get to see it too closely. Do you, can you tell me where he got hit? Uh, Gudas launched With right into, right into his head. Launched. Okay, so he, he got so he's right. 
Gudis has a Gudis, if the, for the listeners out there, he has a, a in person hearing coming up. I thought yes. he, I heard he uh, bypassed and he took the suspension. I could be wrong. I, I think he what, might have I, been I, the last couple what of the hours. Bypass means Joe is that uh, he didn't want the in person hearing. He just told him to call him instead. Cause he didn't oh, want to okay. that, that's just I, that's just what I believe. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure. Um. I could be wrong there, but I, I believe a suspension is coming because if you if you watched the game last night or even just saw a video of the hit, Gudis absolutely launched right into Zarnik's head. And Zarnik was one of the main guys I wanted to talk about tonight was because, you know, Zarnik was uh, signed out of the Miami, Ohio uh, college. He had a great four years there. Last year, he was the leading point scorer in Providence. And he was making quite quite an impression this year I heard. by playing in the preseason games. He played in almost every preseason game. You know, he showed some speed. You know, he was centering the third line. And by him centering the third line, it allowed the Bruins to load up on their top two lines. And I'll talk about those other two, those top two lines in a second. But, you know, I, I heard Zonix out seven to ten days. He's in the concussion protocol. I think, I don't know if the NHL has a concussion protocol, but he's in the, since at least seven to ten days with concussion-like symptoms, which I think is a, is a dagger for the Bruins. No, I shouldn't say a dagger, but, you know, it hurts. It's got to be a dagger for him. For him, oh, yeah, because... Absolutely. But um, let me let me let me speak off of that because I was watching Zarnik yesterday. And I think he's pretty much got that job. I would I would be shocked if the Bruins held his injury against him at this point. You're talking fourth line center for him or third line? Third line, okay. Yeah, he was in between Bolesky and Hayes, and uh, I know how much you love you love Hayes, Joe. But but Zarnik seemed to bring some some spark and some offense to that line, and it allowed the Bruins, to, you know, to load up on those top two lines. So if uh, for those of you that haven't been watching or haven't been paying attention. The top two lines in the preseason, the past two games, and obviously the past two games have kind of been their, you know, NHL-type roster playing in the preseason games to get them ready to go. Their top line was Bergeron, Martian, and Pashenik. Their second line... That's a nice line. Their second line was Bacchus, Spooner, and Krejci. And it allowed... Since the, emerg- the emergence of Zarnik, it allowed the Bruins to load up on those top two lines. And I don't think you can find anyone that's going to complain about those top two lines. And to answer a lot of questions, from what I was seeing last night, it looked like Bacchus was playing a lot of wing. He was. Bacchus and Spooner were both on the wing. You know, that that just shows, you know, maybe Sweeney has a plan with that flexibility with a lot of the centers that can play flexible. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm liking that line. Uh, you know, Bacchus, look, what do you have? Um, since he's been playing, he's been scoring a lot. He got in a fight last night, so he's bringing the physicality, which is great. He, he played out Voracek last night, too. What's that? Oh, that was a nice hit he when you saw laid that. Laid out Voracek. Yeah, that, that's what this team needs. Laid out Voracek, fought Couturier. Same play. They've been yeah, missing I, that for a long time. They haven't missed that. And I think Bacchus has been. I think that. And people are going to be like, oh, they overpaid for Bacchus. They signed him for too long. You know, he's an older type of guy. Yeah, he is. I understand that. But Bacchus brings something that the Bruins haven't had the veteran leadership that leads by example, holds players accountable. And if you watch the NHL playoffs last year, you know, Backers was crying in the locker room last year after the Blues, you know, lost. He takes this stuff personally, and he, he cares. Yep. And, the, and the Bruins haven't had that type of player in a long time. And I, I would probably say since Mark Recchi left. Hey, Mike, you want to know what I've noticed from last night's game? Sorry, Joe, I'll let you talk in a second. But did you notice the transition game and how that's changed between this year and last year? Yeah, we'll year? get into that in a second. I just want to talk about Backus and how I think his impact for this team is going to be absolutely spectacular. Agreed. Big Bacchus, I'm all about that Bacchus signing. Like I said, when they got him, you know, uh, he brought a lot of grit. Like you said, I saw that same clip when he, he was crying after they lost to Chicago. 
um, not Chicago, uh, San Jose. And then, um, like, what he brought in the, uh, you know, when he played the Olympics in 10 was, you know, that was the last time that uh, Team USA was really good. Um, but he just brings that leadership. He brings that grit. He brings the balls that they uh, have not had in quite some time since the Ferences, the, the Sean Thornton's, you know, recce to a lesser extent. But you know what I mean? The boy checks have left. Uh, that The big bad Bruins, they've pretty much just been the kind of okay, kind of slow, kind of fast, kind of play hard, kind of don't Bruins now, you know? So they need to get that identity back for sure. You know, and um, he back is, it seems like he's going to be a player that can bring a lot of fire to the younger guys in this team. And I think that he was a good signing, you know, if last night's a sign of what we got to come for the rest of the season. You know, Bruins should watch out. They, they should. And um, the one thing I want to talk about with Bacchus, too, is that, like Joe said, he brings the, the grit and the toughness that the Bruins haven't had in a while. And, Joe, before we brought you on the show uh, full-time here, Jason and I would talk about during the season when the Bruins would, you know, go on those stretches of, of games where they would win, they would get they would lose like 5-1, and they would lose again. And it just seemed like the Bruins were going through the motions. Yeah. And I think, with, I think with Bacchus this year, they aren't going to be able to do that. He's going to hold people accountable. And like you said, they didn't have an identity. But last year, you look at this team, you look at the Bruins team, and you said they have good players here. Obviously, Bergeron, Marshy, and they have some good players. But where is their identity? Are they a speed team? Are they a grit team? What type, what type of team are there? And I, what team, what type of team are they? And I think Bagus brings them some of that attitude that the Bruins have been missing for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, Adam Kelly and Chad just said we, you know, they overpaid for him uh, for his age. Yes, but they, you know, that was probably one of the best overpayments they've ever done. Because they, they need someone like this. Because for the last two seasons, they pee down their leg at the biggest games, at the biggest junctures of the year. Either if you had the Winter Classic, which was a complete debacle, or you have, you know, the Ottawa game at the end of last year to get in the playoffs, they completely pooped themselves as well. I mean, they just need someone to call them out and say, you know, enough of this garbage, guys. we got to play like, you know, the, you know, the Bruins. Like, you know, you're playing for the logo on, your, on the front of your jersey here. Let's show some pride. Original six, you know, all that stuff. And they just haven't had that. They've just been, you know, and everyone's like, I saw people mention, you know, they should get Bergeron the C or Chara's a bad cap. Those two guys, they're really good leaders, but they're very quiet leaders. And they lead by example, whereas Bacchus will basically grab, you you know, a guy by his jersey and go, let's go. You know, that's what they need. You're paying Bacchus for the emotion that he brings to the team. Not You're not paying Bacchus for the numbers. He's not going to put up those high, heavy numbers. But he's gonna bring the emotion and the leadership, and he's gonna bring some numbers. But he's gonna he's gonna bring the energy, and I think that's what the Bruins saw in him, which is why they went for him so quickly. Absolutely, he's a, he's a typical Bruin, and I hate to say a typical Bruin, you know, because like I said, the past few years they haven't had an identity. But when the Bruins were in the cup and they were making cup runs, back back is the way he plays was the way the Bruins played. Yep. And I think that's why, and I understand the over overpayment for his age and the the money they gave him. But look at the team last the last two years with Louis Erickson, right? And I, I, I'm just saying I'm comparing him to Louis Erickson because you know they pretty much let Louis Erickson go and sign Bacchus for a replacement. You wouldn't hear a peep out of Louis Erickson. And Louis Erickson, fine player, gets the job done when he has to. But Louis Erickson's not going to go in the corner and lay someone out. Louis Erickson's not going to drop the gloves. Louis Erickson's not going to go to the bench and start yelling at his teammates to pick up the pace. That's not who Louis Erickson is. So that's why I think Bacchus is the better signing in replacing Erickson. I am completely okay with it. Yeah, M- Matt McCork in uh, chat just mentioned the same thing, almost spot on what you said, Mike. Was not a fit. You know, not a fit on the you know ice. He didn't have. He didn't bring any physicality. He was kind of more of a floater, if you ask me. 
He's uh, going to fit perfectly with the Sedins. That's the type of play he, oh, the play he is. God. Oh, God, I hate those two guys. Yeah. I mean, that's – well, here's the thing, too. A lot of – I shouldn't say – I shouldn't put them all in one category, but, you know, Euros just are not as physical, uh, you know, as the American and the Canadian players. So – uh, that's just not their thing, you know, uh, especially the Swedes, too. I mean, you know, not everybody's Peter Forsberg, who's kind of that hybrid, if you remember him back in the day. Uh, that would throw his body around. He could score anyway. He could pass. He could do it all. But, they, you know, you don't see too many of those players coming out, you know, uh, out of Sweden that I can recall. Maybe I'm wrong. Carlson a little bit on Ottawa, but, you know, he doesn't really bring it. I mean, Erickson is just kind of a offensive guy that kind of floats. Absolutely, I agree with that. And the one thing I want to touch on too, uh, getting at, getting aside from Bagus here, is Bagus is playing the wing. Jason, like you said, he's playing on the wing with Krejci, which I think is good for Krejci because I feel like Krejci always plays better when he has like a banger with him. You know, when he had Lucic with him, he obviously like played really well. When he had Horton and a Gimla, I feel like Krejci plays much better when he has someone on his line similar to that. I noticed a lot of things yesterday, even, you know, just being at the game sitting where I was sitting, I noticed a lot of things in the way that the team was playing. And you know what? There's, there's, with certain line combinations, you get certain types of transitions, and the Bruins have something, and they, they, they to me, looked, I don't know if you could tell on TV, Mike, but a lot faster. They did, but the one thing I want to touch on is that, as Joe, Joe reiterated the last two shows, is that the young, the young guys that are in their lineup now, and, you know, Bergeron, Bergeron and Martian obviously are staples for this Bruins team. Martian's insane. Yeah, you, you, don't have to, yeah, you don't have to worry about Bergeron and Martian. But but look who they have on their wing now, Pashnik. And the one thing that Joe was saying, let him play. And if you're going to play Pashnik, if, if Pashnik's on the line with Bergeron and Martian, let him play. Let him play with them. Bergeron and Martian didn't play with pretty much anyone last year. They played with Brett friggin' Connolly, who was no. an absolute train wreck. So, and Pashnik can actually play and put the puck in the net and set up guys. Let him play. That's why Pashnik adds speed to that line. And I know Martian and Bergeron are speed guys, but Pashnik is also just as fast. Well, and as Joe said, let the young guys play. Carlo, Carlo, Carlo was in the lineup last night. So was Danton Heinen. You know, they have the young players, you know, kind of incorporated into this team. But if, like Joe said, it's a big if if Club lets them play. And if Claude lets them play, they'll be faster than they were last year. You know, it's good, uh, Mike, too, is that uh, Pasternak playing with Marshawn and Bergeron, who are very defensive and sound, defensive-minded players and very sound, will cover up for his mistakes, I think, too. So I think that would be, I think that's going to be a great line if they stick with it. But that's the thing. You have to wonder if they're going to stick with it because of Claude Julian's yeah, reluctance to play the young players. Scary. I, I'm, I'm still not sold with this whole, you know, the youth movement, you know, um, I'm going, you know, I'm going to, I want to play faster and hotter and all this. He, that's not his style. That is not his coaching style. He, I, everybody said he's kind of like just reiterating what Cam Neely and Don Sweeney are saying in his ears. He's not that kind of coach. That's why I think he should have been fired after last year. But he's, I don't, he's saying, sorry, Jason, he's saying all the right things, but we, it actually, we have to actually see it to believe it. And I don't want to see it for one game or, you know, two games. We need to see it for pretty much the, you know, Half the year by Christmas time, if the Bruins are still playing it the way they played last night, Jason and Joe, great, I'm all for it. But we have to see that consistently because the first thing you're going to see is pass to turn the puck over. Yep, sorry, you're on the bench, or you know, something goes wrong. All of a sudden, you, you'll see that pack it in style where the Bruins don't get up on the rush that much and they're playing defense and they're playing on their toes. It's just like Joe said, we need to see it more often than 
Claude's saying the right things, but we need to see it to believe it. And, you know, one of the biggest things I noticed, and the Flyers are a pretty good team because they made the playoffs last year, is that, you know, even though when you're, looking at, when you're at the game, you look at the shot differences, it felt like the Bruins did have the better game, even though you see the big shot differences. It felt like, you know, Tuku Rask played a good game in net, but looking at the Bruins' speed, Brandon Carlo, I thought, played great with Zdeno Chara. I was very impressed with that, and I wish the Bruins would do, some, Bruins would do something with the defense to keep Carlo in that lineup because I think he'd be good for this team. I like Dorado Guerra. I think he was another one that was very impressive as well. And Danton Heinen should be a staple in that lineup right now. He's going to be a great player. Riley Nash looked good in that third, in that fourth line. And it's just a lot to look forward to if they stick with it. Claude Julian scares me. <laughs> he scares lately. <laughs> he's, he scares a lot of people. But, you know, some, some of the Bruins fans would be like, well, Claude Julian brought us a cup. He, did, oh, it, he brought us another cup, a President's Trophy. And look, I understand that. I have nothing against Claude Julian personally. I think Claude Julian's a great coach, and I've said that on this show numerous times back when, when Jason and I would talk last year during the, during the season. I think Claude Julian's a good coach, but I just think his time in Boston has, has run out, and yes. there's nothing wrong with that. Every good coach gets fired. Every coach gets fired. It happens. <laughs> Joe Quimble got fired. Mike Babcock got fired. Every coach gets fired. It Claude happens. Claude Julian got fired before. Exactly. Every every coach gets fired. It's not a just because he got fired doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. It just means that the, they want to go in a different direction, and that's right. what I'm and that's what I'm worried about. Because I don't know if this team this team has looked good in the preseason. They have absolutely. Last night's game was great. You know they they as they playing fast like Claude Julian said. But are they going to continue with it? Is what if something goes? Forward? And even even Tory Krug looked good last night, and it looked like he was make, taking a lot of shots too. You know what, you guys, you guys really get it. Concern, you know, uh, Boston sports. We've been in the golden age, if you will, the last fifteen years. Um, but the thing is, you, you know, I get a lot of heat for this, a lot of crap on my site, and all that stuff. You guys probably seen that. You can't be critical of anyone or any team in Boston anymore because prior to two thousand, that's all we were were critical because the team sucked basically. So now that we have success, you can't. Everyone's a sacred cow now, like Tim Thomas, sacred cow. He brought us the cup and all. Well, we can't talk about that. He went. He went. He basically let his team down in 2012 because he went crazy town and he used a celebrity, you know, for his own, uh, you know, agenda. You know, you can't say anything about Julian, even though the last two years he's let his team completely, you know, uh, puke all over the skates. The last two years down down the stretch. Now you got to keep in mind, if those teams didn't have talent and those teams weren't good the whole year, then you can maybe understand he didn't have the guys to play with. You know, he didn't have the he didn't have the roster. But when you crap your pants, you know, the last month of the season, that means he does not have control of that locker room. He does not have control of his players. His players are not buying into him as much as they loved him from 2011. And he's letting everything, you know, he just doesn't have doesn't have that uh, intangible that he had with that 11 team. He just, or the, even the 13 team to an extent, he just doesn't have the room anymore. And so you, the one thing I hate is when people say the Bruins didn't have enough talent the past two years. Do people not realize they were in the playoffs the past two years? Up yep. until they gagged themselves out of the playoff spot yep. when they lost every almost every single game down the stretch. Yep. And you, and you look at the World Cup, right? And, and Joe, I know you said you weren't a big World Cup. You felt it's not the Olympics, but that's fine. But look at the rosters, right? You had Bergeron and Marchand on Canada. Mm-hmm. You had Chara and Seidenberg. And I know people are going to say, "Oh, Seidenberg's not on the team anymore." He, you know, we didn't do that well. But Seidenberg right. was on the team in the past two years. You have Tukarask and Net for Finland. You know, the Bruins are the Pashnik and Krejci yep. made uh, Team Czech Republic. They had enough guys to yep. get them to the Packers was on USA, and I know people are going to play Packers on the team in the last few years. But Louis Erickson was on Team Sweden the yep. past year. 
They had plenty of talent to make the playoffs. They were in the playoffs the entire year, and they gagged away, just like you said, Joe. And that's up. That's on Claude Julian. So I hate when people say, "Oh, the Bruins didn't have enough <laughs> talent. Their their defense wasn't that good. You know, they they couldn't have made the playoffs." They had a playoff spot for ninety five percent of the season, both the past two seasons. You guys have a lot. Unacceptable. This is the hardest thing for Bruins fans to understand. You know, when they when they had this refusal to give up, like players like Char. Teams are going to get older, so players like Chara, they're not going to last an 82-game season. Yeah, Chara might look good early on, but I'm not worried about early on. I want to think long-term come April of next year. Is Chara going to look good come April of next year? I don't think so. You need the younger players that have the players that have the stamina to keep it going for more than 82 games. And that's why the Bruins have struggled in April is because the Bruins don't have that the proper age group to really on that defensive core, work where they need to. Well, unlike like teams that have been successful for a long time, like the Blackhawks of the world, where they were able to draft and bring young players in and lose a lot of the guys because they just don't, you know, they can't, they don't have the salary cap. The Bruins have never really done that. They can, ne- they never were able to plug and play. They like guys, you know, they give them like four hundred year contracts, and then they can't trade them, and then they get way too old and they get way overpaid, and they just have to, you know, yet again, broken record. But the way this team was mismanaged after 2011 is absolutely mind-blowing. Like, if you wrote a book on how to F up a franchise, Peter Shirelli would be a New York Times bestseller. Because th- that's exactly what he did. And unfortunately for Don Sweeney, he got, you know, I, I call it, you got, he got basically a uh, spoon to clean up a big pile of shit. Crap, sorry. Stuff. Um, you know, and he, he's in a losing battle. I think he has one more year this year. If they miss the playoffs again... I'm sorry. Uh, what have you done for me lately? You can only use the excuse that you inherited, a, you know, a bad cap situation for so long, and then after that, well, it's on that you. would be three years. You had three years. Yep. And the thing that I think Sweeney has done pretty well, though, is he has in- developed this young group of players to, you know, be on the verge of making the NHL roster. And Joe, I know you're not big into like the, the you know, the junior guys and the draft thing. You're more of a, you know, the the here the now. Bruin, the, yeah, the Bruins team, but. Carlos looked good. Heinen's looked good. Zarnix looked good. Veterans. If you look at Pittsburgh last year and you look at San Jose and all the teams, Chicago, all the teams that are doing well, they mm-hmm. have a mixture of a core and young players coming up, developing through their system. And I think that Sweeney has done good at that. But like you said, Joe, this is going to be his third year. It's make or break now. They've missed the playoffs the last two years. There's no leeway here. No. You're, either in, you're either in or you're out. And if they're out, I hate to see what's gonna what's gonna happen with this franchise. Absolutely. And at the end of the show, guys, we should do predictions since the season starts. starts uh, absolutely, Jason. Oh, I wanna, sure. I wanna, we're gonna we're gonna get to that and see if the Bruins make the playoffs or not. We'll, we'll predict. You know that we can we can predict the whole Eastern Conference and who who do you think is is gonna make it uh from the Eastern Conference? But and we can give some you know some uh, really early season predictions of the Stanley Cup playoff. I mean, not the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup Finals. You know. There's nothing better than uh, predicting early on in the season. But the one thing I do want to touch on, Jason, is as you said, you were at the game last night, is Brandon Carlo looks good. And the one thing that bothers me so much is the signings of McQuaid and, and Miller. And, and as you saw in preseason, they've been hurt already. <laughs> already they're both, you know, Kevin oh. Miller's left the game. Adam McQuaid, you know, has been skating here and there day to day with an injury. Oh. McQuaid played last night. I understand that, but he he also missed some time. 
And it's just frustrating. It's because you look at Carlo, you look at Colin Miller, you look at, you know, all these type all these defenses. Look at O'Gara. O'Gara. Look at the look at look at the size of O'Gara yeah, and Carlo. Exactly. You have these young defensemen that look like they can play. And the problem is they signed these defensemen that can't play and that are blocking them. And right. you know, Sweeney came out in the and the came out and said, oh, you know, jobs are on the line, no one's safe, blah, blah, blah. Do you really think that the Bruins are going to sit Kevin Miller, who they just signed to a four-year contract, oh. over a, a young player? Well, how about McQuaid, who still has three years left in his contract? you think the Bruins are just going to bench him? No, they're not going to. So when Don Sweeney says that, he's lying. And it makes me even more furious with the defense situation, because if, you're, if, you're gonna, if your defense is going to suck, why not play the young kids to get them uh, experience, as, jo- as Joe has been saying, for quite some time now. The, if, if the defense is going to suck, play the young kids so at least they can grow and experience, get some experience, and learn how to play in the NHL level. Preach. Just preach, Mike. And it's, it, it is frustrating because, you know, I do hope that some of these young guys make the roster at least at some point this season. Like, you almost hope, and I hate saying this, but one of the – McQuaid or Miller get injured and miss a lot it's of time happen. just so you can get the young players. It's gonna in. happen. It's... McQuaid and Miller is gonna get hurt. It's happened every single season. And then, and then at some point, these young players are gonna earn it to the point where Sweeney just doesn't give them back their jobs. Kevin Miller has not been good since he Ever. hurt his shoulder. Too. Well, he's okay. Like you know, I thought he, was, he had some. I noticed that, Joe. You're onto a point. I noticed that. I noticed that yesterday. He, he, you know, when he first came up, he had some promise. He, you know, threw his body around. He, you know, he showed some signs that when he hurt, he was actually up, fighting too. It was a fight, yes, exactly. In a fight, well, I he think without because he was actually fighting and second up for his teammates. Now he's a Sally. Yeah, I mean, and since then he's never been the Last year, at the beginning of last year, he was a freaking train wreck. Every like every goal that went in, he was on the ice at the same. Dude, it was maddening. And then he played a little bit better at the uh, rest of the season because everyone else on defense sucks. So he looked a little bit better because everybody else was terrible. So. Adam McQuaid, since 2011, and I bet you could look this up, has not played a full season. Never. No, you're right. He's been hurt. He 2011 was his best year, and and it seems like one of those things, like, we have to reward him because he's one of the guys who won the cup for us. You know what I mean? Like, same thing with Claude. He's got to stay around because he won the cup. The dude has been hurt every year since, and they signed him again. I mean, McQuaid's missed at least, probably at least 10 games for the last five, five years. That's a good year. Now he has a good year. <laughs> That's a good year. I do have a question. Sorry, Jason, one second before you get to the question. Last year he was out with you know, a concussion when he got hit into the boards. The year before that was he got finger surgery. The year before that was a shoulder or a knee or whatever it is. Just just, just guess. With McQuaid, you can literally just name a body part and I'm sure he's injured it. Guys, I, I, brought up, I just brought up hockey reference. I, we, just, we have to talk about this. Okay. That's fine. So in 2010-11, he played 67 games in 11-12-72, then 32-30-63-64. It's like Don. He's missed 20 plus games every year. Don 20 Sweeney. plus. What do you what do you what are you doing, Don Sweeney? Jesus, I mean, I'm not a GM. You two aren't GMs. I have the internet, and I know for a fact I would never sign this dude to an extension because he can't stay healthy. Like, like the I numbers would speak for themselves. Exactly. Like, I understand. He, he was a big part of the Stanley Cup run. But you know what the problem was? He was also the number five defenseman. True. The number five defenseman. Good he point. didn't play big minutes. And the Bruins are signing him to be their number three, number one, number two. Two. Like, yeah. Like, you can't be doing that. Why not let the young kids play? Brandon Carlo, please. Let him play. Let Colin Miller play. 
oh my god, Jason, how many times last year was I were, were me and you both screaming for Colin Miller to touch the ice? You traded Milan Lucic, which I was fine with trading Milan Lucic for Colin Miller, but let the kid friggin' play. You know, this is gonna be that season, Mike, where you and I are gonna be in Jojo are gonna be sitting here talking. If any of those defensive members get injured, we're just gonna be sitting here like, thank God. Guys, I'm bringing up. I said that last year. <laughs> Bring up Kevin Miller. You ready? Now, I think the first year, Grant, I think he was a rookie, so he didn't play. So 47, 41, and 71. And the season hasn't started yet, so he's probably going to miss the first few games this year. So you got to get another guy that can't stay healthy. So it's maddening. It's, it's absolutely It's in the numbers, dude, right? It's in the numbers. I mean, I don't, I don't expect every single player to play every single game because it's an 82 game season. Even take your Berger on a game or two off. But, you know, that's fine. The thing is, but the thing is, you know, Bergeron's going to come through. Whereas these two guys have not really ever showed any real, like, tangibles or, like, you know, physicality. All right, we, we know McQuaid's good for a couple good fights a year, okay? Kevin Miller, yeah. Like, they're not, they're in the middle. They can't, you know, they're not really tough. They're not really, you know, they can't score. It's like this whole this whole Bruins team, since when they lost their identity, they're in, they're in purgatory. They don't know where they're going. They're in the middle. They're, they're fast. They're slow. They're big. They're not big. Let me, let, let me, let me ask you guys a question. Let me ask you guys a quick question here. What did Kevin Miller do to deserve that extension? Nothing. Do, you, do either of you guys know? No, unless you're talking about the fiery hits he had like when he first started, with like three years ago. Not much. I think because his first name has an A and not an I. <laughs> That's about it. I don't know. I have no idea. But while we're on the topic of the been I have a good question that relates to it, and I want to know what you guys think of Erhoff from what you've seen. Look, I, under- I understand why they brought him in because their, their defense is absolutely disastrous. But, you know, as a 34-year-old journeyman defenseman at this age, you know, can he give you a few good games? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he can. But I don't mind looking at Erhoff to be, you know, one of the top go-to guys for this Bruins defense. No, I mean, I could see him as a five or six, but I wouldn't want to waste a roster spot over someone like Joe Brandon Carlo or, or Robert Brandon Carlo. Carlo. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're signing these defensemen that can't play, that are old, and don't have any – that can't do anything. I said this I said this before they even signed Airhoff, and I've, I completely forgot they even signed him. So, Jason, thank you for bringing that up, which even adds to my point even more. Look at their defense. They have Chara, and I understand why they can't unload Chara now because he, he makes too much money. No one's going to probably take him, but, you know, he's the captain. I understand why they have Chara. But then you look at the, their defense, right? Krug, fine. Good good defenseman Krug is. Then you have McQuaid, Miller, and now Erhoff and John Michael Lyles. What what are those defenses? That are, what, what def- you're talking about wasting roster spots when you can put in young guys that work and work hard and want to learn. They're hungry. You're wasting yeah, hungry. two roster you're wasting two, four roster spots on Miller, McQuaid, Airhawk, and Lyles. Because they signed. Char and Krug, I would keep. But you're wasting four roster spots. Brandon Carlo and Rob O'Gara should get at least two of those. Colin it's, Miller. Colin Miller. Joe Morrow. Colin Miller, they barely, yes. They barely even played last year because Claude wouldn't play him. In defense to Lyles, for any of those older guys, he played decent last year, so he's one of the better guys. So if they're going to sign any old people... <laughs> I mean, I would I would give Lyles a roster spot, but you know, I'm talking about you know, you have a couple of defensemen that can fit in there. But you, you have to have some experience. Do you know what I mean? You have to have. You have to have some experience. Yeah, yeah you have. Yeah. You have to have experience. If you, I would choose. I like. I would say I would choose between Airhoff or Lyles. Get rid of one of those two, 
They're the same type of player. Yes, absolutely. Same thing with McQuaid and Miller. Get rid of one of those two. And, that's the issue. and then that's the issue bring too. one of the young guys. You have those type of players already. You know, you, Erhoff and, and Lyles are similar. Right? And then you have Miller and Miller who are similar. So call, I mean, Miller call, and McQuaid, excuse me. So why are you having those same type of players be on your roster? It doesn't make any sense. So to, to, to just jump in for a second. So mixing up the defense, if you have like a char with a Colin Miller, I can live with that because you have – a guy who has the youth, who has the speed, can make up for Chara, you know, Chara's lack of mobility, where, you know, Chara has the hockey IQ to make up for Colin Miller's mistakes. That's okay if you can do that stuff. Like, I don't want to have, like, two young guys on, the, you know, the same back end because, you know, that could be a disaster. And you don't want two old mules, if you will. You know, if they can mix it up somehow, I'm okay with that. But they can't be all old or all young. It has to be a mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And the, uh, so getting off the defense for a second. Um, I want to talk about the, the goal situation. And I know Tuka Rask is obviously the starter, and he's going to be the starter. And, I, Joe, you, you mentioned on the show you're a big Tuka Rask guy. Yes, and Jason And, Jason, you said last night Tuka was Tuka was really good. And I think this is a big year for Tuka. But I also think the Bruins did something that was going to benefit Tuka way more than anything else has the past few years, and that's a competent backup goaltender. And oh. Anton Hudobin – the Bruins fans should know who he is. You know, he yeah. had a great, great game in the preseason a few, a few days ago, um, and, I, and Kudobin can actually start for him. And Rass isn't going to be able to, you know, start seventy games a season. Right. And oh, I think this absolutely. is going to benefit Rask way more to keep him fresh and keep him healthy. Well, you know, another thing with Kudobin, they're familiar with him. He was here when uh, the, you know, the Cup year. Um, played after as well, so the, he's you know the staff knows who he is, know how he plays. So there's a unknown variable, if you will. Whereas you know all the other guys they signed that went through the turnstile, they didn't really know what they were getting into, and most of them, you know, were kind of a you know mitigated disaster. So I'm kind of happy that they got a guy they're familiar with. That you know when he left to go to Carolina, he got you know got a lot of playing time, and I think he had you know then it kind of dissipated the last year or two. But at least he's a seasoned guy. He knows the system. He knows some of the vets still there. So I feel good about that signing. It's one of the few good ones that they, you know, beside Bacchus and him, are pretty good ones. So. Yeah. So you've got Hudobin and Rask, and you've got some eventual backups in Bladar, McIntyre, and Subban. But now you have a now you have at least some trade chip somewhere. Like, are they just are they just going to keep Malcolm Subban in that system forever, or are they going to use him to their advantage and try to trade Do him? Do either you guys believe in Subban? No. 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 Nope. Thank you. All right. Let's get rid of him. <laughs> what? what did, I I don't see you. Know, I like what I've seen from McIntyre and Blitar better than what I've seen from Subban. I think it's almost yet again, this organization has, I don't know if you guys know this too, this organization feels that they have to have to look, you know, try to, you know, uh, ride out their mistakes as long as they can. Like, we tried with Subban, we tried with Sagan, we tried with all the Hamilton, and, you know, they like, they make it out like they tried so hard with these guys and they ship them off or whatever. But they, it just seems like they try to cover up their mistakes. Like the whole Sagan whitewash and all thing, this I stuff. I think the Subban thing was more of a, oh, uh, PK's on Montreal. Let's draft Malcolm to be in the Bruins system. I think that was part of it. I'm not, I think it, it, no, I think it was. And the thing is, I'm sorry, but you didn't need a goalie. You didn't. You still had Thomas, you had Thomas and Rask. You didn't need a goalie. <laughs> Jesus. They've been they signing, just signed Rask to the contract. Exactly. And they, they've been signing backup goalies the past few years. As you've known, the Chad Johnsons of the world, the Kudobins. You know, Svedberg, even though Svedberg wasn't that good, they, they've had some backups where they haven't had to expend themselves and draft someone. 
You guys, can find, what? you can find backup goalies. Do you, do you guys remember Marty Turco? Marty Turco, God, don't no, please. <laughs> you know, there's, you don't understand. You know, prior to you guys probably being on the earth, but there was so many bad goalies in Boston, like just like the Blaine Lockers and John Casey's and Andrew Raycroft, which I don't know why he's like part of the alumni. Everybody, you know, I, I'm like, you suck when you're here. But the the thing is, this this is another reason. And you guys can help me out here. This organ, what are they? I mean, were they drinking heavily? Were they sedated? Because I don't know what the hell they were doing, you know, personnel-wise for in the last five years. I have no clue. Yeah, it's frustrating. Oh. But you know, they they have potential, and I think in the last two or three years, Sweeney's done a good job with the younger guys, and now they just have to find a way to get these younger guys in, and show that they can play a better younger team and not. But, but team. the thing is, this is what happened to. Sorry, Mike. I don't mean it. But the thing is, is now they, they, they try. They kind of the window for the, their core is going away. I mean, this should have happened three, four years ago, not one or two. Do you know what I mean? Like they should be integrating these guys probably back in 2010, 11, 12, 13, not just 14 and 15, because that, that's what you know. Like we talked about, the Blackhawks have done like to a science, and the, the Bruins have not. Now they're like, we got to go the other way, you know, because their scouting department was terrible, and that's why they had fired everybody. They brought Gretzky in, now he's gone. So we see. And that's, why, well, and that's why they signed everyone to an extension and a no trade clause because oh, they couldn't God. draft and develop players. So they had the same team pretty much for the for four years that could, that got it done once, which is great. Nothing yep. taken away from them, but you know you can't just have the same roster come back every year. No one has the same roster come back from the year before to the next year. But that eleven team, eleven team, like you said, was not loaded. They just they put, were caught lightning in a ball. Tim Thomas played one of the most historic seasons of a goaltender in history, and you know they were sound defensively, but they weren't like loaded. You know what I mean? Yeah, they didn't have you know the, the top. You know, I wouldn't even say Bergeron was a top ten player at that time. I think nope. he is now, nope. but at that time he wasn't. So they didn't even have a, a top go to guy, like you said. Tim Thomas stood on his head. The Bruins caught lightning in a bottle, and that's fine. Bruins fans to admit, no one's taking anything away from. The Bruins Stanley Cup. It's okay. Teams find lightning in a bottle. It happens yes. in the NHL playoffs. No one thought Pittsburgh was going to do anything last year, and no. where they are, Stanley Cup champions. It happens. That's how the NHL works. But it's just, it's just frustrating, like you said, the, 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 the scouting department. And they, they've had so many scouts and so many backup goalies, and the drafts have been bad. But and the, and the problem is now they're trying to develop the young guys and and mix them with the with the vets. But like you said, Joe, they should have been doing this a few years back. It's amazing. Now, I got another couple of questions, too, because, um, you know, we, we've talked about the top three lines. We're missing one line. Now, I want to know what you thought of the fourth line. The fourth line is, is more Nash and, you know, Heinen was there last night. That's what the line was last night. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's a good depth, depth fourth line. I mean, you don't, you don't look at your fourth line to be one of the go-to lines. You look at them, you know, to get the job done, do what they can when they're out there. And I think that's what Moore is. Moore's a responsible guy. Riley Nash seems to have some flashes, and I think Heinen mixes in with some some young offensive skill. And I think that's a good complimentary fourth line. The, the thing I look at with this with the Bruins is they have depth at forward now. And if, if Jimmy Hayes starts sucking, he's going to get set, sat on the bench because they have some players that can play now. And that's what I, that's what I take out of their fourth line and you know their depth players is that if someone's not performing – you're going to sit because they have some depth that can play. Well, I mean, yeah, because we haven't even brought up Noel Achari yet, who probably won't make the team due to the depth that this team has. Or, you know, probably the Jake DeBrusque. Or Jake DeBrusque, who's still developing, but has looked pretty good this year in the preseason. So, I mean, the Bruins have a lot of depth. 
So it's something to really be encouraged encouraged about. And the other big question I had was, you know, that why I was talking about earlier the transition game, and I wanted to know what you guys think of that compared to last year. I mean, like I said, with the defense, you have to wait and see how it goes. You you sure. can't just, I mean, one game like you said, Jason, last night was looked great, but. I mean, we need more of a sample size than that. Claude Julian says they want to play fast, but like I said earlier, I don't believe him until I actually see it happening throughout the whole season. I mean, I agree with that completely. Just I saw the improvement in the fact that they weren't spending most of their plays behind the net. That they were making the uh, plays in the transition in front of the net. I noticed that like a lot last night. Sorry, repeat that. They were they were not transitioning from the back of the net. They weren't waiting in the back of the net half as much as they used to. They've been transitioning literally in front of the net and making the plays to start their play out in front of the net. A lot of the plays, at least that's what I noticed a lot last night. Yeah, well, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's hope it continues. But like I said, we need more of a sample size than just one preseason game to, you know, justify if that's going to be their, their game plan going forward. It's something to watch for. It's definitely something to watch for. I mean, I'll definitely keep my eye on it, but I'm not going to hold my breath about it because, you know, I've been saying this about Claude Julian for a while now. He should change his system, but it just doesn't seem he wants to. Like Joe said, <laughs> he, he coaches the same way. Same guy. There's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, that's the way he coaches. But If you put, if you put uh, lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. So, I mean, it's just that, you know, he could, he could talk to talk and say everything everything want, everybody wants to hear, but he's the same dude. I mean, that's just, you know, they fired a couple of their assistant coaches like it was really their fault. I mean, come on. He's the, he's the, he's the, he's the, the captain of the ship. But the one thing I do, I would say about this team, the Bruins team, is I do like their forward depth. They have good forwards. And I do, I, I mean, as much as I say about Rask, like I don't, I don't like him, but Rask is a good goalie. And if he plays well, he, the Bruins will succeed. But the problem is, is their defense. And I don't want to keep harping on the defense, but it's just. That's it. That's the Achilles heel. It's the Achilles heel. And that's going to make or break the Bruins this year. And it's going to make or break Sweeney. It's going to make or break, make or break Claude. So that's why, Jason, when you're saying the Bruins are playing fast, I think that's kind of why they're playing fast is trying to, you know, limit the, the time the puck's in their own end. And because the more the less time the puck's in their end, the better for the Bruins because they can't defend. I mean, they were fifth in scoring last year. And they missed the playoffs. Imagine that. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. They had the fifth most goals last year, and they missed the playoffs. It's absurd. No, and... You know, I saw, like I said, Marshan looks like he's worth this contract from watching him last night. I mean, I think I saw a play yesterday where he almost sliced the entire defense of Philadelphia on his own. No, I'm not worried about Marshan at all. I'm not the least bit worried about Marshan. Bergeron's fine. I'm I'm a little worried about Krejci with his injury history. But if Krejci... Krejci looked good. I mean, I, I had, I, from being able to watch it in person, he gave off some pretty nice hits yesterday. No, when, when, when Krejci plays, Krejci's fine. The worry, the, you just hope he stays exactly, that way. Exactly. The thing is, it, the thing is, him playing. He has to stay healthy. True. And and that's the thing I'm worried about with him. But Spooner looks good. I think Spooner's gonna have a breakout year this year. I'm looking for Ryan Spooner if the Bruins don't move him, and it doesn't seem like they're gonna, because you know, the opener is in four days or so. Yeah. Well, it looks they, like it, I think Spooner's gonna have a great year. They traded Boychuk two days before the season. So. Did they? Yes. Interesting. So I mean. <laughs> so. It, it, it still no, could happen, but, I mean, rise of right Mike, now. Mike, that sounds like sarcasm. I know for a fact you remember that happening. I know, I know. I forgot I forgot how <laughs> I remember the boys like traded. I just forgot how close it was to the actual season. It was that close. It was two days before the season. Yeah, it was, oh, like, man. really close. So, I mean, uh, I did like Spooner's shot last night. That was a great winner, you know, overtime winner there. Um, I, I like that line. Was it back as Spooner and um, Crutchy, right? 
Uh, Splinter and Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I keep that line. Because you know what? Crutchy, you know, being then he needs a speed guy, which you got Spooner, right? And then you also need now you gotta keep in mind like the Indian. You need your Nathan Horton look like, which is Bacchus. Right, back so Luch is like Bacchus like the Luch on the line that did well. And uh, Spooner is like the skill guy that Aginla was. And that you know how that line did in fourteen. It was kick ass. So hopefully that's gonna happen too, you know. Yeah, I know it's it's exciting. And I agree with Mike Joe, whoever said Spooner is gonna have a breakout season. Spooner's shot yesterday was awesome. I thought the three on three lines were awesome and you could see that speed coming out of Spooner in the breakaway, and what a nice shot. Yeah, so I'm looking for Spooner to do some big things. He's good in the power play. Uh, I'm not worried about the Bruins' power play because I think they have, they have enough offense, and they have Krug in the back end, so I'm not worried about that. But All right, so guys, let's let's discuss here. You know, the season starts four days. Um, what do you guys think? Are the Bruins going to make the playoffs, or are they not? I'll let, I'll let Jason go first. Well, we're going to, of course, let me be first because we all know the pair of bad news. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to make the playoffs. You're going to say they're going to make the playoffs? Well, g- give us, like, positioning in, in the in the uh, conference and all that stuff. Yeah, if you, yeah, don't, if you don't mind, Jason. Wild card. Wild card? Oh, I forget this whole wild card garbage. Um, so it's, 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 it's not, wild, not wild card. It's the, top, just, uh, it's the top, no. top three in each division. Yeah. All, I mean, automatically makes the playoffs, and there's two wild card spots for either or division. So, I mean, if it's. The Bruins in Montreal, they both, and they have the most points out of the wild cards they're in. So, yeah. You know, I'm going to say, you know, because I was going to my Facebook yesterday, and um, two a year ago yesterday, I predicted that the Bruins wouldn't make the playoffs, and they ended up right. Who would have thought? But um, mm. I think that they're going to, because I don't think that they have any other choice. Um, I, I, I agree with Jason. I think, well, I, I said seventh or eighth, so I assume that's a wild card. So, that, you know, they're going to be at seven or eight at, at the best. And um, if they come in seven or eight, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, they go into the other division and play. Um, That's correct. Which, you know, you're playing the Pittsburghs, the Rangers, the World, the Capitals, which could get ugly quick. Because I think against a Montreal, well, not Montreal, but like a Tampa or Florida, I think they could hold their own. But if you're going into the other division against, uh, you know, the the Penguins of the World, even though they've matched up good against the Penguins lately, um, in the rain, that scares me. In Washington, those scare me. Yeah, that division is definitely tougher. And, you know, the last two years down the stretch, last year Jason can vouch for me here, I've always backed the Bruins and said they're going to make the playoffs. They have too much talent. They have too much stuff going on for them. I, I always backed them to make the playoffs. You know what? This year I'm going to I'm gonna do the same thing. I think their forwards are too good. I think Tuka Rask is going to have a breakout year. I think one of their young defensemen is going to emerge, whether it's Colin Miller, Brandon Carlo, Joe Morrow. I think one of them is going to emerge and, and be – a solid enough defenseman to play, to play top four minutes. I'm gonna have him as a wild card, like you said, Jason. I'm gonna have him like right on the bubble. It's gonna be a battle all year. They're gonna be one of you know seven or eight, kind of like last year where it was like fluctuating each day between who was winning, who was losing. But ultimately, I'm gonna have the Bruins in the playoffs. They have, they just have too much talent to not make the playoffs. I, I can't see them not making it again. The, I, and- the management put the pressure on them. They have to, they have to come through this year. And I think with Bacchus, it's going to help them, too. I, I, you know, even if for some reason, you know, I, if they miss the playoffs, I will hate it. Don't get me wrong. And I'll be very pissed off. But the thing is, if they play a lot of kids they get, and they make mistakes and they don't go, you know, make the playoffs that way, I can live with that. I can live with that. But if they go in with the same guys and not giving the kids a young, and let them mature and let them develop, we're going to be in the same boat for a lot of years. 
And I'm not making my prediction based on how they're going to look in the beginning of the season. I'm guessing that they're going to look better towards the end of the season than they did the beginning. Which means this is going to be the polar opposite of last year. Polar opposite? Hopefully. Yes, yeah, so they're going to look better at the end of the year next year. I mean, they, I mean, I think the signing with Bacchus, like we talked about earlier, it's going to help them down the stretch. And that's what I'm. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Are they going to look better down the stretch next? Oh, year? they got to. They have to. I mean, I don't think there's a choice. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's take a look ahead to the opener. Columbus, you know, Tortorella. Oh, what God. do you guys think? You guys think they got? I mean, the Bruins started off. They lost the first three games last year, and the oh, Bruins, they're traveling to Columbus for the opener. What do you guys? I mean, to be honest, I don't think Columbus is going to be that good of a team. I just can't yeah. see Tortorella. Doing anything? You saw you saw him with Team USA. Oh, so. good God, help us! That was awful. Uh, the the Bruins the Bruins should should you know should come out and start one and zero here. They should. Yeah. I I feel more confident being I I feel I have more confidence on them because they're on the road. They can't win at home as Jason knows. So and uh, you know when you think about it, and I'm gonna think about it logically here. They have Bobrovsky back in that. I believe. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't think Bobrovsky's anything special. Neither do I. He's still a good goaltender. Well, he played for he Russia, looked, he, so he's got to be he, somewhat good. You know. He looked pretty good. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets farm team won the AHL Calder Cup last year, so they have some great prospects underneath. And do I think that they're going to get past the Bruins? No. I think that the Bruins going to win the first one, but I don't think that I'd count Columbus out for long. I don't, no, not for long, but for this year, I don't think the Columbus is going to do anything. And you know how, tw- no. you know how Tortorella is? Tortorella is even worse than Julian with young players, which is surprising. Yeah, I couldn't see Columbus winning against Boston that opener. So them, then we, all right, so just looking at this. Then we got the Leafs before we talk again on Sunday. So then we got the Leafs on uh, Saturday night uh, in Toronto. Um, I I think they wax Toronto. Toronto, I don't care if they got Matthews. They suck. <laughs> they should wax them. The Bruins they suck 2-0. Win- they really should. And Winnipeg's, Winnipeg's going to be a tough team. Playing in Winnipeg is always hard, but the Bruins should be 2-0 going into Winnipeg. Well, even Jersey Next. on the fall – I know I'm jumping ahead, but Jersey on the fall on Thursday, there's no – the worst you go 2-2. Two two. You could should even go 3-1. and one. And then Montreal – then you got Montreal and the Rangers in Detroit and Minnesota, which are going, could be, going to be very tough. But they, if, they shouldn't go any worse than 2-2 two and two before Montreal. No, okay, so. they shouldn't. They shouldn't at all. They should be 2-2. Two and two. Like you said, the first four games at worst. So you guys are saying both two and zero the first two games. Uh, yeah, it should be. Yeah. Okay. So who's in that, who's in that for Toronto right now? Jesus, I don't know who's even there anymore. Uh, they just traded. Fred- they just traded for Frederick Anderson. Okay, but he got Frederick hurt. Anderson. But he's back. So he got hurt a while ago. But he got all right. So he's. They they also have Mitchell Marner and Austin Matthews and a bunch of young guys, but the young guys are going to take time to develop. I like Austin Matthews a lot, but they, they should they should be two and zero. They should yeah. be. Like I just said they should be two and zero going into Winnipeg. Winnipeg's a tough, te- tough team, tough place to play. And even though Winnipeg's been struggling the past few years, the, the Bruins could beat them. But it's, it's still, it's still a tough, tough place to play. If the Bruins go their first three games two and one and they lose to Winnipeg, I'm fine with that. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying it's like the be- the best outcome. I think they should go three and zero personally. But if they go two and one, I'm not going to hammer them for it because you know it's hockey. Anything can happen on any given night. I can live with two on one if they start the season that way. Uh, if they look good in the process. So, so as so when we come back on Sunday night, we're expecting two and. We're exactly. expecting two and zero. Yeah, if, if they come, if they go one and one, I think there's a lot of criticism already off the bat. 
And if they go depending on who they lose to and how they lose, if they go zero two. We're talking already apocalypse. Because <laughs> this is no, I no, I I agree with you. If they go zero and two, that's an absolute train wreck. Because you're playing. They go zero and two. If they go zero and two, the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. Apocalypse. Hopefully, better than that X Men movie because that was terrible. So, um, yeah, I got you know. Guys, if they go, if they go zero and two, it's going to be worse than the uh, Walking Dead premiere. Oh, I didn't see that. I don't watch that, but uh, that, avoid I'm that talking about the new season starting, and this is meant to be a joke for the Walking Dead fans out there. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's go two and zero, guys. I think I think uh, I think they're gonna do two and zero. I think yeah, so two and zero here. All right, guys. So uh, before we wrap up our show, let's let's have some fun here. <laughs> you know, obviously this the season hasn't started yet, but you know, let's let's all predict the Stanley Cup playoff matchup. Who's coming out of the West? Who's coming out of the East? Stanley Cup final prediction, Jason. Who do you got in the Stanley Cup finals? Joe, go first. You Good want Joe to go first? Yeah. God, you're killing me. I, I, I you want, I'll go first if you, you guys go. want. I might go. Yeah. You want me to go? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. All right. I'm going to say that Tampa Bay Lightning are coming out of the East. Yeah. Again, I, I like the way Tampa plays. You know, they, they signed all their key guys coming pretty much from last year. Stamkos, Hedman. Yeah. You know, Vasilevsky emerged as the goalie in Tampa. Uh, even though they still have Bishop, too. So they have two good goalies, to, you know, that can play. So I'm gonna go Tampa. They, if you guys don't, if you guys forget, they they lost to Pittsburgh in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, they mm-hmm. they battled them the whole time. So I'm going Tampa from the East, and uh, in the West, I'm gonna go with a little bit of a of a surprise team, and I'm gonna say uh, the Dallas Stars. I'm gonna say Tampa versus the Dallas Stars. Mm. And even though all hockey markets are gonna be like puking on themselves because it's Texas and Florida, yeah, I just think they've had they both have built their teams up the right way. I like the way that both of those teams play. Dallas is loaded. Uh, you know, I like I said, guys. I, I, until the season gets going, I don't pay a whole lot of attention prior to. Which sure, is, right, Joe? It's only preseason predictions. It's, it's, not- it's you know, it's bad. But uh, Tampa Bay, I, I, I might even steal. Actually, you brought up so many good points, I might steal yours. But uh, I'm not. I'm going to go Dallas in the West because I, I just think with Jamie Ben and Spezza and Sagan, and they're finally building up their back end. I mean, you know, they got Johnny Duya and all that stuff, and they're pretty solid. So I think. Um, because I'm pretty sure, if you guys correct me, in the playoffs last year, did they lose in seven? To St. Louis, correct. Yeah, okay. Which they probably should have won that series. Um, I think they crapped themselves a couple times at the end. Yes, they uh, did. I think they, also didn't had, have, they also didn't have Sagan either. Yeah, they had a two-goal lead, I think, and one and blew it. Um, so, yeah, I like Dallas, and then out, out of the East. Um, the East is a crapshoot. Yeah, much as this pains me. I just... I have to say Pittsburgh again. Oh God, I hate, I hate Pittsburgh, but they just, you know, they got the right. I like Mike Salva as a coach, so. You That's, know what? I'm, I'm gonna agree with you guys on the Western one. I'm gonna go with Dallas out west. We're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't um, think it was gonna go this way. And I'm gonna go with the Rangers in the East. Okay. Rangers. All right, there Rangers. you go. So the, the, um, the one thing, the one team I want to talk about quickly before we we sign off here is. No one picked Washington. Is, is everyone not confident in Washington? Yeah, they, Washington? No, please. They, they, Washington's so Washington. the biggest dogs I've ever seen since they, forever. They've been, they have never fulfilled their potential ever. Like we talk right, ever. No, yeah, Washington's been the same thing every year, but the dog, uh, dogs. I know I, I know I keep saying before we sign off, and I'm putting you guys on the spot here because I should have mentioned it earlier, but do it. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, um, surprise team that could be pushing for a playoff spot that was not very good last year. Buffalo. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's the choice. But I I also think Jersey. I mean, they got Hall now. They've already they already had a young core already. 
Corey Schneider, maybe Jersey. I like you both your picks. I'm gonna go outside the box here, and I'm gonna say Carolina. If Ooh. you guys, I like that pick. If, I like that if pick. You guys a lot. If you guys remember, the, the Bruins in Carolina were fighting for a playoff spot up until the last. Year. Oh yeah, and they two weeks and, for the and Carolina beat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Carolina was, you know, they were making a push, and I like Justin Folk in the back end, and I think Carolina's gonna. They think Carolina's a good coach, and uh, I, I was gonna say Jersey, but someone said it, so I'm gonna go with Carolina. I think Carolina's gonna be my team that could, you could, uh, you know, make the playoffs and make a statement in the Eastern Conference. And also out west, I'm going Vancouver. I don't think Vancouver's. I think Vancouver's going to suck, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're soft. I think it's going to be Calgary. And even though Calgary made the playoffs two years ago, I, th- I just think Calgary had a bad year last year. They got they got a goalie, at, goalie and Elliott. I think Calgary's the team out west. Can't take my pick back on Calgary now. Maybe Hamilton will do something. So. But no, guys, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about real hockey shortly. So. Absolutely, the Bruins season starts this week. Guys, and it's going to be great to talk next week about breaking down some games, who played well, who played poorly, and, and probably me and Joe and Jason will probably crap on Claude Julian even more if the Bruins oh. lose. But but we have to wait for next week and see how this week goes. But, guys, hockey is back. And, uh, it's been- hey, guys, also, before I forget, because I'm, I'm going to make this announcement over the show, too. We will be recording on Sundays. I'll be releasing the show consistently on Tuesdays. So, you know, seeing how I'll be releasing the show next Tuesday, who's your prediction for that third game? Oh, third I- game? Winnipeg? The third Bruins game. Oh, they go. They play in Winnipeg. Yeah, I, I think they should go at worst 2 and 1 or 3 and 0. I'm going to say 2 and 1. I think they're going to. I'm going to go. I, I, hockey's, a, hockey's a weird game. You just lose some games you should lose. I, I think yeah. they're going to have. I think they're going to go 2 and 1. And if yeah. they go 2 gonna, and 1, I'll be happy. Yeah, me too. I'll be happy with 2 on 1. But, um, you know, as we end the show, you know, you can follow us on CLNS Radio. On our app, you can follow us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. Mike, do you want to go through the, the uh, Twitter account? Yep, you can follow our Bruins account on Twitter at Bruins underscore Beat. Uh, you know, someone's always checking that daily. I usually check that Twitter account pretty much all the time. If people tweet at us, you can always have a conversation. You can also follow uh, us on our personal accounts at, at Mike Seta 22 at Jason Buckley 91 and at Big Bruin 88, right, Joe? Big Bad Bruin 88, yep. That's, uh... Big Bad Bruin 98. You can also... 88, and you can also um, find us on Facebook, and you also find Joe's um, Big Bad Bruins page on Facebook also, and the, um, a lot of good Bruins content on both, so uh, please give us a, a follow and a show, and if uh, you like us or like our show, please rate us, write in some reviews, Jason always checks the reviews, so nice. any feedback, please give it to us, we're happy to happy to listen to it and, and deal with it, you know, you guys are the audience, you guys listen to us, so any feedback will be greatly appreciated, so uh, we'll talk to you next week, go Bruins. Alright, go Bruins, let's do this. Go Bruins. Alright guys, cheers man, see ya.